It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Locked On Spurs, your daily San Antonio Spurs podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, hey, welcome back to Locked On Spurs on the Locked On NBA Network. I'm your host, Jeff Garcia, Spurs writer for Kens 5 San Antonio. Glad to have you back. Yeah, the Spurs offseason continues, which means we're still going to look back at the season that was a 2021 22 season and look at the players individually give them a grade pros cons likes dislikes room for improvement you know how it goes we're also going to look at the remaining spurs reps in the nba playoffs and have some fun with our guest as he's going to give us his thoughts it's not going to spoil anything for you on dr strange the multiverse of madness a very (laughs) dividing movie right now it's really really you know you're either for it or against it but I'm pretty sure our guest, James Pleasure, with San Antonio Sports Star, will chime in <laughs> with his thoughts. Um, the good thing is, is, James, that we don't have a time limit on this show. So if you want to pop off on that, <laughs> go ahead. <laughs> I appreciate that. <laughs> there might be some popping off at some point. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, uh, welcome back. He is with, uh, as mentioned, San Antonio Sports Star. He is the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. He'll tell you everything you need to know about that and much, much more later on the show. How are you doing, man? I'm good, man. How have you been? Doing good. So, everybody, um, before we hit record button, I, I surprised James with a gift. Well, an, in, an incoming gift. So, basically, I'm, I'm for everybody who knows that I'm a big nerd and I collect a bunch of stuff. Well, I, I frequent to the New York Comic Con. And when you go to New York Comic Con, you know, I, I've been there as a press and they give you a bunch of stuff. You're like, here, free stuff, free stuff. Take it, take it, take it. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm stacked with this. So James is going to get a personal curated box, a, a, a geek box from me. Let's just say that he found out his cell phone hang up. His, and he really did. He fainted. It hung up and we had to get him back on the line, James. I, um, it was a lot to take in before the show started. And uh, <laughs> I just, now can't wait for it all to get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was so eager. Everybody, he's texted me his uh, his uh, home address, and that's what booted him off the uh, app here. So, ne- nevertheless, James, look forward to that. Maybe when you come back, when you get it, you know, obviously you'll be back between then and now. But when you do get the box, you'll give us your review of the box, the swag bag box you're about to get soon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's I'm, I'm, sure. I'm warning you. I'm warning you now, man. It, it's going to be stacked with stuff, man. So. Just <laughs> brace yourself. Make sure to follow him on Twitter at I am Pledger. James, we have been going over individual players last season. <laughs> and today it's the Young Bucks turn. It is Josh Primo. He is on the seat uh, here. Ooh, on I, draw the, I drew the Primo straw, huh? Yeah, you drew the Primo straw. Yeah, we ready. By the way, before we dive into the Primo straw here, uh, we gave uh, Yaka Pertle a B. That was the average. And then we gave Zach okay. Collins a B in the last two player reviews. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, Jakob is great for what he is. He's no more than what he is, and yeah. he's not going to be more than what he is. So, you know, C plus, B, B minus yeah. sounds about right for Jakob. I think um, 
James, he's best coming off the uh, off the bench. Mm-hmm. But um, I I think you can upgrade over him, but he's serviceable in the role that he fills right now. So mm-hmm. that is an accurate grade for Zach Collins. Mm-hmm. I'd lean I'd lean lower. I'd lean lower. probably okay. in the, I'd I'd lean in the C because we saw some, we saw flashes, but let's not act like we saw a bunch of things that we loved out of Zach Collins. Yeah. I mean, yeah. we didn't see him for most of the year and then he had to ramp into play. I mean, we really only got probably a good 10 game sample size out of him. Mm-hmm. So it was okay. Yeah. It wasn't fantastic. I would probably lean C for Zach Collins. Okay. Okay. A little tough crowd here. Yeah. I, I think for uh, Jakob is exactly what we said. You know, he is who he is, you know, that's it. And, you know, I, you know, unless he takes, unless he's going to be um, taking a PhD course in outside shooting, you know, with Steph Curry this off season, you know uh, yeah, I mean, that's his biggest weakness, but as far as Zach, uh, we were a little lenient with him considering he's coming off what a year and a half away from the game. Um, so we gave him a slight pass, but it's the rookie's turn. Let's look at Josh Primo. The 18 year old came in, turned 19 throughout during the season and did something that no Spurs rookie in recent years did get 13 straight, uh, starts under Popovich's watch. Uh, yeah. Towards the end of the season, he hit the rookie wall of James expected, mm-hmm. you know, balled out in Austin, looked like he was heads above the rest. And looked okay during uh, his NBA slash San Antonio time. What were your overall thoughts on Josh Primo? What did you like, dislike? I love that I got to see him. Uh, mm-hmm. That was a, a number one. He played in 50 regular season games. Uh, you talked about 13 straight starts, which is unheard of for a Greg exactly. Popovich coach team. He mm-hmm. averaged a little over 19 minutes a game. So that is far better than anything we've seen in the Greg Popovich era. So mm-hmm. that those are my likes. I loved seeing that. I love that we got to see him play through some tough times and continue to get starts despite, you know, the learning curve that he had to deal with. Those are positive things that I think will help in his growth from one year to the next. Uh, did you like how they peppered him throughout the season between Austin and San Antonio? He wasn't heavy Austin, nor we, I, but he was heavy San Antonio. I like the path they took with him last year. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot of what I kind of thought early in the year. I was like, he'll be up and down, but we'll probably start to see him around the All-Star break or February for the rodeo road trip. We kind of did. Injuries laid some role in that. The trade deadline laid and played an even bigger role in that. Uh, opening up minutes for him, but it was just good to see in mm-hmm. general. You know, he got his learning under him in Austin, and once they felt like he'd done what he could against that level of talent, they brought him up and continued to allow to let him learn and grow under the, you know, mm-hmm. watchful eye without doing what we continually ripped the team for and what they did with Lonnie Walker, which is Mm -hmm. all right. You're stuck in, you know, pop's doghouse. And, you know, you, you're no longer starting. You're no longer the sixth man. You're getting like two minutes or a DMP coach's Mm -hmm. decision. Like we didn't see the 
the weird yanking around of his minutes, it continually grew mm-hmm. into a certain role for him. Yeah. And he, he stayed consistent. And I think that's the biggest thing is what they did with him was consistent. I like that he uh, showed that he had a bunch, he had a big pair of stones at times during his NBA uh, time. You know, the game versus in Brooklyn, you know, nailed the the, the game time shot, you know, pumping his fist, you know, got the crowd. Uh, well, it's just the roster excited. You like the fact that he wasn't afraid to maybe, um, you know, try to force the action. But I, I get it. You know, he shouldn't be doing that. But I, I, just, I like the fact that he had that little you know, wantingness to do that, to try to really push it. We saw it a lot in Austin, hence he had a lot of high turnover games because he mm-hmm. was trying. He was trying to do a bunch of stuff. And look, in Austin, you can get away with that. San Antonio, he tried to get away with that, but Popovich gave him a leash, but it wasn't that long of a leash where, you know, he let him sit out there while he's fumbling up everything, you know, for a, a long time. He will let him play through the, the mistakes, but yank him. There's that famous video of him and Popovich at a fan caught where Popovich is, you know, getting on him and telling him, you've got to pay attention to me. I know what I'm telling you. But yet in old pop, pop would have, would have benched him for like a week in this situation. You know, he threw him out there the next day or probably in the same game. I like that. Look at some uh, numbers here, James, about Josh Primo's rookie season. Um, As you mentioned, you know, 50 plus game, 51, including the play in. Uh, 19 minutes per game, 5.6 points per game, 2.3 rebounds, 1.6 assists, shot the ball 37% and 30% from the three line. Also shot 75% from the free throw line. Mm-hmm. Where would you where would you like to see him uh take his game next season? Um just more aggressiveness offensively, probably. Mm-hmm. A didn't Fair very well. You mentioned some of the stats, the nearly six points a game. You'd like mm-hmm. to see that come up closer to probably 10 to 15, 30% from three. Yeah. You'd like to see that closer to 33, probably 35 to 38, if we're being honest. If we want him to be a consistent part, we'd like to see him. You know, Keldon took a big jump in, in three point percentage. Mm-hmm from last year to this year. So you'd like to see something like that with Josh Primo and you'd like to see his minutes come up, which would help with all of these stat lines mm-hmm. and creep closer to the 25 to 30 minutes a night along mm-hmm. with what being a starter entails. Yeah. Yeah. He took a uh, 137 threes last year, made 42 of them. So he's not afraid to throw them up. It's just, he's got to get a little more accurate about that. I like to see him attack the rim a little bit more and get those free throw attempts up. He was at 1.2 attempts per game. Now I get it. He's a rookie. So he's going to get the rookie treatment. Maybe not get those calls that a veteran would, but I would like to see that spike a bit. One thing that I did take away last year uh, with Josh Primo's uh, rookie season, James is how composed he was. In, in post-game chance with the media, in-game, you rarely see him saw him get flustered to the point where he checked out. Even when he hit that rookie wall, we all saw it, he was still out there at least trying to get something going. Yeah, I mean, you love to see the effort that he put in, especially, man, I love seeing what Josh Primo did on the defensive side of the ball. He continued yeah. to learn and grow and never back down from a challenge against some really tough competition in the Western Conference against those guards. Josh Primo's defense and the evolution of it throughout the season 
and his bulldog mentality of just not backing down. He's continually going to give the effort. Uh, I thought that was a big part of this season and one of the reasons that he managed to stay on the floor as a starter for 13 straight games and and carve out a role after Mm -hmm. the trade deadline and probably why they felt okay making those moves at the trade deadline. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're talking about his defense. He had a a game-high four blocks against Phoenix back in December 6th, and we saw that in Austin, just the, the, the defensive mindset. I spoke with the Austin coach during the season. He said that was the one biggest thing that impressed him the most and surprised him the most was how good a defender he can be. Physically, too, James, we saw his just physically his body just explode. Mm-hmm. I mean, you you said you went to a couple of games and you said you saw his 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 lower half, his trunks look pretty big, his legs. Yeah, his legs definitely were. When I went to games later in the season, I was kind of shocked because I expected him, especially being as young as he is, to be, you know more slight of build closer to DeJounte Murray, maybe Lonnie Walker, but like his lower half, his legs were pretty thick. And that really caught me off guard when I was watching him, which stands the reason why he can hold up against some of those NBA guards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and how much did he embrace the challenge? We saw it throughout the season. Uh, he was asked repeatedly like, Hey, you know, what does it feel like to be the rookie on that court? And he said, yeah, I, I see it. He goes, I see the defenses, tar- I mean, offensives targeting me. I see defenses is targeting me. So mm-hmm. they were after him and they were, the teams are trying to expose him. But you're, if you're projecting him long term now, I'm glad he went through these ups and downs last year. I'm glad he hit the rookie wall. I mean, he smacked into it. It was bad. Um uh, You know, I like the fact that he got the Austin experience and then the San Antonio experience. Because is it is it selfish of me to say that I'm expecting a lot more from Primo next season, or should fans be like, you know, ex- just expect a slight increase? Where what do you think the level of expectation should be for Primo into his sophomore season? I would love to see a huge jump from him, but what's a huge jump? Like, what's your what's your, your definition of a huge jump? Uh, thirty to thirty-five minutes a game, starting shooting 35% from three while averaging somewhere between 11 and 15 points a game. That's a huge jump. That's a, that's a big jump, man. Do you think he can do it? The possibility is there, but it, a lot of it's, you know, on, on the player to develop and put in the work the way Keldon Johnson did uh, last season coming into this season and he had a slow start because of what he did with team USA and kind of fell out of conditioning after the team USA season ended and celebrating on that a little bit too much. And it took him a little yeah. bit to get going this past season, but when he did, he did. So if he can use that motivation from what Keldon did to get himself ready and for this season and even DeJounte who took a huge leap and follow them around and follow their practice habits and see what it's like to be a pro in the off season. Mm-hmm. I think he could, but I think the person probably most primed to take that bigger jump is going to be Devin Vassell. I'm right there with you. Um, can't wait. You know what? I think I'm going to reserve Devin Vassell's uh, pre uh, recap with you again uh, sometime soon, because I think you have a lot to say about Vassell. Uh, we haven't got to him, but no, I mean, with Primo, I, I 
I think it's selfish, man. I think I think there's still going to be a lot more learning to go through. Um, yeah, I, and that's, I, I I don't I don't think it'll be those numbers though. As much as I would love for fair. those numbers to happen, I don't yeah. expect it to be. But yeah. you asked what would be, yeah. so those are the numbers I threw on him. What would be? What I expect from him is probably closer to eight to ten points a game, thirty minutes a game, mm-hmm. and you know a. a, a slight to steady increase rather than a huge jump. I expect mm-hmm. him to become better. Does he have the the potential to take a jump? He absolutely does. But this team, the jump comes from, you know, DeJounte Murray realized coming into this year, this was his team. Being mm-hmm. his team, he was the alpha. That led to him taking a huge jump. Uh, Keldon Johnson also realizing that he had to be a huge part of this team. He took a big jump this offseason, especially with his three-point shooting, mm-hmm. knowing that was something that had to increase. Yeah. Uh, as it comes to Primo, I, I know he's a part of this team. I still don't know where that part of the team is, especially when we're looking at the draft, free agency still to come, a lot of money for this team. What he could you could lose Lonnie Walker in free agency and all of a sudden he goes from being a starter this last half of the year to them putting him in that bench role maybe filling the void of Lonnie Walker to where he's coming off the bench and trying to provide an impact there or maybe that's what they do with Devin Vassell I don't know because the offseason is yet to really unfold so it's hard to kind of project exactly what we see from Josh Primo next year I know the the traits are there for him to do something big. But yeah. this is still a team that is driven by Primo, or excuse me, driven by DeJounte and Keldon. The next in line to take that jump, I think, would be Vassell being two years into this now, going into his third and being primed to take a bigger role on where Primo is probably fitting closer into more of determining his role on the team after determining his role in the NBA last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I am really, really excited for Primo next season. I think the fact that he went through that whole, you know, rookie wall, you know, getting thrown mm-hmm. to the fire. Popovich did say that. Yeah. Did, I think he said towards like the middle ish of the season. That he was not going to that Primo, that he, Primo was not going back to the Austin Spurs, that mm-hmm. they're going to throw him into the fire, and they certainly did. So, yeah, I am really glad about that and expecting some big things. But we're not done talking about Primo. Uh, we're going to go over some a few more stats and give our season grade for him. But before we do that, I want to talk to you about Price Picks. Like if you're looking for a daily fantasy option for the NBA, then you need to try the award-winning app, Price Picks. Price Picks is daily fantasy made easy. I love this, and we all know you will too. Look, it's easy to use. You pick two to five players and over and under in the projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. Entries can be made in 60 seconds or less. It's that easy. Price Picks is safe, offers fast withdrawals, and it's an award-winning app you can find on the App Store and Google Play. There's a variety of options there. Uh, think of any prop, points scored, rebounds, steals. It's there at Price Picks. And look, you can even allow yourself to do mixed sports entries on Price Picks. 
just not just the NBA. You've got college basketball, college football, NFL, MLB, and MMA, and much, much more for a limited time. Price Picks has an exclusive no-brainer of an offer for all of our users. They get $50 for free if a player in your first Price Pick entry scores a single point, but you got to use code NBA. That's right. This is an exclusive offer available to locked on fans. Sign up today. Use code NBA for 50 bucks for free. If a player in your first price pick entry scores a single point. And while I got your ear, I want to talk to you about athletic greens. Athletic greens is great. As a matter of fact, I drank one right before recording this episode. So what is it? So athletic greens is just a better way for you to get better gut health, more energy, optimize immune system. And if you hate taking pill after pill and vitamin after vitamin, it's, you can do it in all in one shot with a quick, easy to mix powder. It tastes like a tropical uh, fruit punch flavor. It's really, really good. I've been using it uh, for the last month. I love it. It's super healthy. And as mentioned, it has a mild tropical taste. I actually look forward to drinking it each and every day. Look, you gotta you gotta understand this is lifestyle friendly. Whether you're on the keto diet, paleo diet, vegan diet, what have you, it is there for you. It contains less than one gram of sugar and no GMOs, no nasty chemicals or artificial anything while still tasting good. And look, tons of people take some kind of multivitamin and it's important to choose one with high quality ingredients. That's where AG1 Athletic Greens comes in. Costs you less than $3 a day and you're investing in your health and it's cheaper than your cold brew habit. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews and is, an, is a climate-neutral certified company, which has donated over 1.2 million meals to kids in 2020. Look, you want to go right now to athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. Reclaim your health, arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. Just one scoop of, of, of Athletic Greens and a cup of water every day. That's it. No need for all those pills and supplements to look out for your health. Again, go to athleticgreens.com slash NBA network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And hey, if while you're there, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Again, all you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NBA network. All right, let's get back to James Pledger right here on Locked On Spurs. He is the co-host of the Saturday Morning Hangover. You can find him at the San Antonio Sports Star. James, a few more things about Primo before you give out your grade. You know, maybe this will convince you where you're going to land. So <laughs> he finished out the season in the month of April with seven games, 24.5 minutes per game, was averaging his highest points per game at 7.9. His highest assist uh, per game at 2.9 and uh, kept turnovers about the same from March to April, 1.4. Even played a clean game on average, uh, didn't up his uh, fouls, 1.9 fouls per game. Um, Now, it shot 36% from the three line in seven games. Let me put that for you, in seven games. Mm Mm-hmm. So he ended up uh, his rookie season not too shabby, all things considered. You know, it is a small sample size. But it's time for you to give out your grade. What are you giving the young rookie? I'm going to give him a solid C. Well, just a solid C. Solid C. All right. Why are you going to give him a solid C? Uh, solid C is I got to see a lot of things I liked. But at the same time, you know, he – if you look at the rest of the rookie class, 
underperformed con- in comparison. And if you're going to grade rookie of the year, what Evan Mobley or Jalen Green or even Herb Jones in New Orleans as A's and B's, in comparison, you have to give Josh Primo a commiserate score mm-hmm. online with how you feel those other rookies across the NBA did in their first season. You know, Scotty Barnes is obviously an A plus. Right. So when you look at Josh Primo and what he did, you know, it was a C grade. He he fared well. He got minutes. He played. He contributed. It wasn't huge. And there's room for growth, and you see that within it. So, but if you're grading him solely on the performance of what he did in his rookie year, he was okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I thought you were. And, and that's. I mean, that's the basis of my grade. I mean, I'm not gonna give him an A because he saw minutes. I'm not gonna give him an A because you know the last seven games of the year he ended up playing pretty well. I mean, it's a season-long grade, and for the season, he was just okay. Mm-hmm. And that's what you're going to get. He wasn't horrible. He wasn't awful. He didn't look overmatched on the court, but he didn't contribute in the way that you would want to give like an A, a or an A-plus or even a B grade. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm going to give him a C-plus. Um, I'm going to go one up on you here. Uh, I like what I saw towards the end of the season. I like that he fought through that rookie wall, as all rookies do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I I kind of cannot blame him for not getting the minutes because it's Popovich still. I know I know he did a lot of stuff considering he's a rookie under Popovich's watch. But he got sent to the G League. That's not through no fault of his own. Um, so he, he, he had no choice. Um I like that he showed that he had a big set of brass ones from time to time. And I think I'm going to give him a C plus to give room for improvement. Cause there definitely is room for improvement. Turnovers got to cut down. You mentioned the three shot, the three shots got to mm-hmm. get up. Free throw attempts got to get up. I mean, there's a lot of work, but he's just a 19 year old kid playing in the professional level. First time for him, barely got any burn as much with the Alabama as well. Um, Physically, he's getting bigger. He's getting stronger. I like where this is going, but I don't want to over overshoot it. And oh, A plus, no, because there's still a lot of work to do. But I'm gonna give him a C plus. I like what we saw out of the kid. But what do you think about Josh Primo's uh, rookie season? Let us know on Twitter at I am Pleasure and me at Jeff G Spurs Zone. So James, there's a bunch of players that have a lot of Spurs ties. Uh, to San Antonio that are playing in the NBA playoffs right now. I mean, just pick a team right now. Okay, we'll go with Milwaukee. You got George Hill, Coach Bud. You go to the Bucks. I mean, you go to the Celtic. It's it's Eme and Hardy and and, mm-hmm. and Derek White. You go on the East. It's it's Philadelphia with Danny Green. Uh, the list goes on and on and on. Is there a spur, a former spur, whether player or coach, that you're like, you know what? I really want them to have the most success right now in these postseason games. Absolutely. Who's that? It's Ime Udoka. It's the Boston Celtics. Uh, I love Jason Tatum as a player. Mm-hmm. I Jalen Brown is uh, one of the two I kind of really wanted in the Kawhi trade and thought that would have helped kind of at least set a foundation for the Spurs to rebuild quicker. So I 
took an interest in those two players as, you know, the Kawhi stuff was unfolding. And I not only do I like both of those players, Al Horford, uh, you know, it's the Spurs way and you've got your your guys and then you start adding veteran pieces around them. Al Horford's one of those great veteran pieces to add around him, kind of in the vein of a David West or a Kevin Willis or, you know, players that they've had, Michael Finley, that they've added kind of around their championship teams. Mm-hmm. And the Boston Celtics, as you know, are the team of the SMH. Is, you know, the, Spurs, yeah. the Spurs have uh, not been relevant in the postseason here over the last Mm -hmm. few years so in order to continue to have fans be able to overwatch the entire league we started trying to find a team it came down to a battle between basically phoenix and this and the celtics and the celtics won out because (laughs) the suns lost out on winning the John Morant sweepstakes that year in the in the draft. So we thought he would be a perfect fit there. It didn't work out. And so we kind of switched and, and went Celtics, and then Ime Udoka came on board, and the rest is history. But, yeah, I Robert Williams, the Texas A&M Aggie, mm-hmm. uh, probably was robbed in the Defensive Player of the Year finalist cate- category. I know his teammate Marcus Smart ended up winning it, but you look at for a big man and Robert Williams and the opponent shooting percentage when he is the nearest defender being like 27% and being a big man, a lot of those are coming within five feet of the rim. And even when he doesn't, he has the ability to switch out on the perimeter and really cause problems. I think that he is a huge piece to what they do. and. I'm all in on the on the Celtics bandwagon right now. Full steam ahead is completely in the other conference. So it makes the interest in rooting against San Antonio or the Rockets, in my case, like non-existent unless they would meet in the finals at some right. point in time. So it, it makes it an easier route as well, just because they are in the East. So I am... I've already seen Coach Bud get his title and Giannis get his. So I would love to see the Boston Celtics kind of bring things back and and the way they did it with draft picks and homegrown talent and then going and getting key free agents to help supplement. It feels very Spursian. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm right there with you. I, I'm, I'm pushing for uh, Boston as well. I, I like the, the the connections there. I and a lot of my um, friends, you know, in this industry, this media industry, are from Boston. You know, one of my closest friends is is from Boston area, so I want mm-hmm. him to see that again. So there's a lot of personal ties. I visit Boston frequently. So and think about it. Yeah. the flip when you talk about it. Coach Pop came from the front office down to the sidelines to replace Bob Hill, and Brad Stevens went from the bench yep. to the front office and was replaced by Ime Udoka. So it's kind of like a weird backwards Spurs transition. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. But with a lot of, just a lot of Spurs ties still out there, you know, Memphis, mm-hmm. we haven't touched on Memphis, just J- Taylor Jenkins and, and mm-hmm. 
uh, the other uh, former Austin Spurs coach is on the sideline there. There's um, God, who am I missing? Um, Miami, Taylor uh, Jenkins, Miami, yeah, Miami uh, yeah, got- yeah, Deadman, Deadman, and uh, Dwayne Deadman in there, and uh, mm-hmm. you got uh, just it's just so sprinkled out there. It just tells you how you know how wide a net the Spurs. You uh, saw a family. lot there with the Utah Jazz while they were oh, still yeah. in the postseason. Absolutely. You, you saw it with uh, the Denver Nuggets. You've got the, obviously, the Derek White connection with Boston. Mm-hmm. You've got it up in Milwaukee with yep. George Hill and, and Mike Budenholzer. I yep. mean, there's, there is a, a thread of San Antonio through a lot of this postseason. Monty Williams over in Phoenix. The list goes on and on. I mean, it is that. I mean, you, even when, uh, my goodness, who was it with? Um, Oh, uh, even Brooklyn there as much as they fizzled out. I mean, it was just heavy. Patty Mills, yeah, uh, Sean Marks in the front office. Yeah. So, yeah, is there? Hey, we were gonna uh, dive into uh, James's uh, recap of uh, Multiverse of Madness, but something just happened right now. I, uh, I see it too. Yeah, I was wondering yeah, so, if you were gonna switch yeah, to it. Let, let's get to it now. Uh, uh, everybody's been talking about the whole Spurs games away from San Antonio. The big one is there are a few games, a couple games in Austin, Texas. That is what's really triggering Spurs fans. Uh, the Spurs attorney went to the commissioner's court to uh, ask for that amendment to their contract. Notably absent was owner or Peter J. Holt, or should I say, um, yeah, yeah, the owner, the uh, majority owner of the Spurs. He wasn't there. He didn't have a statement. Then he just put a statement out. Now, now it's a very long statement. So we're not going to read it all, but we'll just touch on some highlights. We'll get James's reaction in just a few seconds. One thing he says uh, that he loves the city, uh, that with the big city, with casual town feel. He talks about, you know, taking in some of the sites, you know, um, the, the big green trees, you know, eating food um, at a couple of restaurants in San Antonio and saying, yes, San Antonio has the best tacos. Um <laughs> Just going on about memories of the Spurs and uh, other fans, memories of the Spurs, uh, the ties to the community uh, inside of Bear County. He he highlighted it. He he wrapped it up though by saying, and I'll read this quote: "There are no Spurs without the city and the people of San Antonio. Your team, our team, together, we are the silver and black Spurs fans. We are here to stay." Board Vida, and then he signed his name, Peter J. Holt. Uh, James, you had a chance to look through it. Uh, your thoughts, and uh, I guess maybe back to the buy, sell, buying or selling this. I, you know, I don't want to yeah. put money one way or the other. This, I know it's a great thing. Where was this like a week and a half ago when this was actually a story two weeks ago? Right. Like, why did it take two weeks to craft this? One, two, three, four, five paragraph statement. <laughs> I'm it, the timing I'm, is interesting. Yep. Yeah, the timing's interesting. And sure, you know, there's no plan to leave the city. We are here to stay. All right. The only time will tell. There's yeah. that's the only thing that really is going to. And and and, and think about this, this too. To the city. And think about it too. They have another meeting with the court next week, so you, you know there's that. Um, 
didn't uh, Nelson Wolf, the commissioner, say like, "Hey, we want the fans to chime in." So fans are about to chime in right now uh, on the on the Spurs social media as where it was released. Um, so it's interesting though, but you know, technically they're here till twenty thirty two. That's when yep. the release with the county is done. So, and then there's something big that is possibly looming too: repairs to the AT and T Center. Mm-hmm. Or a or a brand new arena, maybe in a different location. That will be interesting. That will mm-hmm. be very, very interesting because if if they put up to a vote, and let's just say the the citizens San Antonio say no to it, that changes everything, James, doesn't it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, everything eventually ends up coming down to how we feel, how you know they feel in terms of whether or not they they feel loved by the city. So we'll find out when the time comes to build a new stadium, if the city is truly behind them or not, because that's what it always comes down to. And I personally would rather a new stadium be built elsewhere because it just – I know they have plans to resurrect that part of town along mm-hmm. with building the AT&T Center there and turn it more kind of like downtown San Antonio has turned and mm-hmm. getting more renovated and hip and having that city, part of the city come alive. It just never happened. Yeah, And so putting it in a part of town that is probably a little bit more to do around it like there's nothing to do around the at&t center Mm-mm, not at all they like, try to go to the game they try and that's to keep it. you there yeah well they try to keep you there with the concerts and that the, the club they have well the, sure and that, that that's yeah. gonna serve its purpose that's not gonna go away it's still gonna be a concert venue it's still probably gonna be a rodeo venue and the spurs will get something newer more state-of-the-art to host different events that won't include the rodeo this time i'm guessing <laughs> right that right, would right. be my biggest guess is they're looking for something that would allow them to not have to do the rodeo road trip yeah <laughs> yeah and, and 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 during games themselves after the games they usually advertise you know the bud light what is it called the bud light area which is outside yeah the doors. courtyard yeah. plaza courtyard. whatever it is yeah yeah they try to keep you there uh but again but surrounding the arena for those who've never been to the at&t center it's smack dab in the middle of a neighborhood. It literally is just a neighborhood. Yeah. And I think there's like maybe a manufacturing place across the street, you know? Yeah. But, it's yeah not a great part of town to be able to like pour out of the game and then go do things like yeah. at least at the Alamo dome, you could pour out of the game and fall onto the river walk. And there's tons of bars and nightlife yeah. and things to do once you're done that they don't have that with the AT&T center. The Mm -hmm. AT&T center is a one trick pony. It is a venue to do stuff and then you're done. It brings nothing else to the surrounding community. Absolutely. And that was the promise years and years ago when, when it was then called the SBC center, uh, that was going to revitalize the East side of San Antonio never did. And, uh, hopefully the, you know, things will change in the near future, whether it be renovations or maybe development in that area, who knows, but yeah, interesting that the, the Peter J hope put this out. Look, it, it, it reads very heartfelt. It's, you know, he talks mm-hmm. about even David Robinson bobbleheads and curtains at the Alamo Dome. Uh, he's talked about. I love the fact that it mentioned he was 12 when they won the first championship in 99. I had yeah. zero clue this guy was younger than me. 
Oh yeah, yeah. No, he's a kid, man. He is a kid. Um, but then again, everybody's a kid to us, you and me, James. So, uh, uh, but yeah, it, yeah, it's there. If you want to go to the Spurs social media, you can read it for yourself. But yeah, I mean, look, it, it's it's very nice. It's very heartfelt. It's penned well. And yep, the next week the Spurs will go back to court and uh, try to get their two. I think they're going back for a, a, a submitted draft and to get that that second year, right? Because they calling it one year pilot program. I think they want. Yeah, to it's and, yeah. approved for one year, yeah. and they're they had to go two. back. So yeah. we'll see. But man, I just I don't know. I, there, there's something about this seeing this. It's the timing of it. It's just so yeah. late. Like I had already forgotten about it. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But uh, it's definitely it's been on the minds of Spurs fans. And uh, we're still talking about here on Lockdown Spurs. Hey, before we get into James's thoughts on Multiverse of Madness, I want to talk to you about our partners at Bet Online that continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports information. Find all the latest odds, news, sports developments, including this year's basketball uh, playoffs, Major League Baseball scores, fights, and even next season's NFL futures. It's all there at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information from live betting, playoffs, esports, and much, much more. The futures, I love going to there, see their futures. They have one on Popovich, whether he's coming back or not. They have some even on Becky Hammond, and if she will become an NBA coach in the near future, even though she's coaching the WNBA, they have it all there for you. Go to Bet Online right now. Head to the website today. Get on your laptop, your mobile device, and learn more about the trends and actions. Bet online where the game starts. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. We're back with James Pleasure right here on Locked On Spurs. And it is moment of truth. He has seen the Doctor Strange movie, the newest edition. The Multiverse of Madness. It's been very dividing movie. Some fans like it. Some fans think it's great. Some fans think it's, eh, it's all right. You know, James, I believe what you saw it like a hundred times by now. Yeah, I've seen it a couple of times. <laughs> your thoughts. What did you think about it? What is your review? Um, it was a B minus movie. It was good. Not great. It was okay. okay. Uh, I didn't see a whole lot of character development. There was uh, issues within the movie and, and plot itself. I felt like it didn't really drive itself. The cameos were cool, but I felt like they were almost kind of given away within the trailers. Like yeah. there wasn't like that huge Toby, Toby and Andrew, while we knew it was coming, the reveal was like shocking the crowd and everybody lost their mind. Like we didn't really have that huge moment. I don't think within this film and it just led it to being a decent film. Yeah. It, it's okay. It's great. I don't know where it stands in the total hierarchy of Marvel in terms of what it's going to set the table for mm -hmm. the future, but 
there are a lot of unanswered questions within it on how certain characters power scaled, how, you know, other players will play into the future. What's going on in the end credit scene. Uh, There's just a lot of what if left within this movie. And it, it leaves you just kind of wanting more answers. Like how did it tie into other movies? Does it tie into other movies? And, And I'm sure it does, but it, also totally nerfed a story that I thought was well, well done from earlier. So I'm trying not to give any spoilers. Yeah, it's tough. Yeah. But it's it's okay. I'm right there with you, buddy. I'm right there with you. I'm right there with you. It was okay. It was good. It was all right. But it wasn't like, oh my God, I'm leaving the theater like we did with uh, No Way Home or Far From Home. The way we did with um, No Way Home. No Way Home. Thank you. Um, the way we did with um, y- you know, Endgame, Endgame. Infinity War. Infinity yeah, War. yeah. It, it didn't leave you even like that. Civil War. Yeah, Civil War just left your mouth dropped. Like whoa, like Captain's world just got rocked. You know that level, and you didn't Spider-Man see that. Spider Man, spy- the uh, the enter the Spider Verse. You know the way you left that movie. You're like whoa. You know this is Miles Morales. This is his origin story. This is awesome, but. Yeah, I, I think the trailer gave way too much away. You know, you know, everybody's already seen the yellow chair, and I think you all know what that means. Um, and they gave it away in the trailer. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you now, saw Captain I, Carter's shield in the trailer. Yep, like, there's... yep, gave it away. Um, I, I agree with you. I don't like the the power distribution because you can let Wanda do her thing. Again, I'm not revealing anything, but yet you neuter. Hulk, like, that doesn't make sense to me. You, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, uh, and Wanda is uh, one of the strongest characters in all of Marvel. I mean, she can right. literally reshape reality. Yeah. So yeah, but I'm talking about the power scaling. You know, like why would they do that to uh, one of the most powerful characters, Hulk, and let Wanda like like have fun? Um, I now now to and I'm not gonna bash it completely. Were there good things? Absolutely. You know, mm-hmm. the fan the fan service was great. Uh Wanda getting the spotlight was phenomenal. Um, the the hints and the tie-ins to the what if stories and, and on Disney Plus, um, you know, strangest comments about past movies was good. I like that. Um, but it just didn't do it didn't push the MCU further. It felt like it just it, you know what it felt like, James? This could have been Disney Plus, a series. That's what it felt yeah, like. Yeah, I, I thought Disney that. Plus series. Yeah. The, mo- the more I get away from it, the more I thought that. Yeah, and that's what it is. But um, it's definitely not cracking my top 10. Although I get oh, um, no. yeah, although I get a lot of grief, though, because I still have Winter as number one in my book. It, you know, number one. For it me. was really cool. There wasn't a whole lot of development or growth or anything yeah. with America Chavez in it. And... Yeah. I, I felt like Wanda's story was sorely, sorely undone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because, yeah, well, again, it's hard to talk about it without spoiling the movie. But, and once yeah. again, Doctor Strange is, you know, there's there's no real character growth for him either. Mm-mm. I mean, you, now, there, was there a power growth? Yes, there was a power growth, but 
character growth, it was kind of he's still the same. He's still mm-hmm. the same. yeah. So yeah, but we just seem to see that this is the movie that really, really got fans divided. You know, because there are some fans that think it's great, it's awesome. What are you talking about? You're crazy. It was James. a good movie. Yeah, I mean, I, I never bashed it. I never said it was horrible. It was just could have been a lot. I went in there, and my fault, maybe I should have done this. I went in there with a lot of high expectations. I did too. I did. I went in there with a lot of high expectations. But I did with No Way Home too, or and that <laughs> lived up to the billing. So, yeah. yeah. Well, we're done with this movie review portion of Lockdown Spurs. We got to hear what you have to think about anything we talked about here, whether it be your thoughts on the new Doctor Strange movie. <laughs> Uh, Peter J. Holt's statement regarding the Spurs are, aren't going anywhere as of now. Um, and your thoughts on Josh Primo and which Spur, former Spur, are you rooting for that is still playing in the NBA playoffs? James, we teased it a lot throughout the show. Tell us what's going on at the Star. Oh, man. <laughs> we are busy as always as we've been dealing with um, a lot of the NBA playoffs right now. Uh, Of course, the fallout of the NFL draft, now the second part of free agency, the NFL schedule is about to release, news coming down every day, the NIL and how it's changing the Mm -hmm. college landscape. That all starts weekday mornings at 7 o'clock on R&R in the morning as Rudy, Rob, and myself get you going. And then after that, we've got halftime with our man Michael Jimenez. takes you from 12 to 2 as he'll get you caught up on everything sports pop culture, nostalgia, and then we got, of course, the flagship, The Blitz, with Jason Minnix and Joe Reinagle as they take you home from 4 to 7. And then, of course, the weekend, myself and Jack Thompson, we bring you the Saturday morning hangover where we just kind of catch up on the week's stories and get you ready for the weekend. And then uh, it's followed by the Sunday Sports Grill from noon, or excuse me, 11 to 1 on Sundays. Yeah. There's a lot going on right there. I tune in uh, almost every day, especially when James is doing his thing, whether it be on the um, Saturday morning hangover or just at the Blitz, halftime, whatever. It's a really good programming slate for all of San Antonio and, and the world, really, really. If you're a fan outside of San Antonio, lives in Japan, just go to their website and listen to them. So, yeah, really good shows out there. Subscribe to Lockdown Spurs wherever you get your favorite podcast, Google Play, Stitcher, iTunes, and we're now on YouTube. And we thank you for making Lockdown Spurs your first listen each and every day. So for James, Dr. Strange, pleasure, I am Jeff Garcia. We're going to put a lock on this episode of Lockdown Spurs. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Lockdown podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 